Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today's uh, podcast, I'd actually like to chat about um, an investing, um, I suppose, release from... um, AMP Capital Investors, and uh, it was written by um, Shane Oliver, and it's not—it's a great little article. And why I'm actually looking at it is because uh, we had um, uh, one of the, the editors at or the journalist at the Herald Sun ask us to comment on an article she was writing, using this as a basis. And um, this release from AMP on the first of April was about risk and investing, and, and obviously because we're um, we're very much for the, the mum and dad investors or the people to do it yourself. We're very big on that, obviously, doing it yourself and, and controlling your own money. We often um, are asked to provide that alternative view to the industry. And obviously, AMP is one of the big five. You know, they control all the deal, you know, a lot of dealer groups and financial planning dealer groups and everything else. So it's a reason why we were commenting on it. And I thought it was really interesting enough for us to really have a bit of a chat about it on a podcast because it really is about risk and and it, it, it's titled what risk what is risk in investing and and the key points it goes to say is risk it is often portrayed as just market volatility um, when in reality it's a whole lot more notably the risk of capital loss the risk of not having enough investment income the risk of not having enough to last through retirement risk is also perverse the risk of capital loss is actually the highest when most consider it to be low and vice versa. Now, to not to go off track, and I'll, I'll read a little bit more of this article and I'll get into a little bit of my comments on it, is often I get on the phone and I'm chatting with somebody and it's happened so many times in the last sort of month is, and it will happen again today. Somebody said, oh, I'm looking for X. And I go, how did you, why are you looking for X? Oh, well, I read about it in the newspaper. I read it about here. I got this report on this from the managed funds or the bank and whatever else. And everybody is self-interested and, you know, we all are biased towards, you know, our own things, you know. For example, you know, I mean, obviously I had a gentleman today ask me, he said, you know, should I do your diploma course? And I said, what do you expect me to say? Of course you should, you know, that's my, I'm biased towards, you know, that because it's a product that, you know, I believe passionately in because I think if you want to be a trader, well then do it seriously, you know, don't do it once, do it right, do our diploma and that's pretty simple to me because uh, we get such high success rates with students. But I do understand that people, it's not necessarily for them and that's okay. But when you're looking at industry, it's they're also self-interested. They want you to use, so A&P will want you to use their managed funds and use all their services. So what they write will support that and that's really where the point is. So it's nothing against the author of that article or A&P in itself. It's just, you know, whose who's interest is what. And it goes on to say, that it talks about an introduction and I'll go into volatility and then I'll give you some Sort of my comments and it says you know what is risk surely that is a stupid question as everyone knows what risk is when it comes to investing investopedia defines risk as the chance that an investment's actual return will be different than expected um, it's actually quite a concept complex concept because it could mean different things to different people depending on their circumstances and tolerance to it it can be 
highly perverse, often being very different to what backward-looking statistical measures and common sense might suggest. But it's worth thinking about it because it could or can impact how you invest. Next title is volatility, or goes on to say volatility. Um, the conventional approach to measuring investment risk is to look at volatility. Um, this is usually done with a statistical concept called standard deviation, which shows how tightly clustered past returns have been around their average in a certain period. The higher the standard deviation, the greater the volatility. The standard deviation of monthly returns based on very long-term data for major asset classes, and it has a table of Australian cash, bonds, real estate shares, and global shares, and it says the standard deviation of monthly returns on a cash is 0.5%, bonds 4%, um, real estate investment trusts, uh, 12%, Australian shares, 16.5%, global shares, 155 So it's suggesting that the, the Australian shares is a highly volatile um, investment vehicle because it has a 16.5% deviation to the average um, on that. Uh, and that's you know quite interesting from there. But what I find with a lot of these types of articles, they tell you what, but they don't tell you how. And, you know, um, you know, um, it, it really does get to me. It's like a lot of people tell you that you have a problem, but not how to fix that problem. And, and really, like, it's volatility is in the market. It's, there's two types of risk in any market. One is called market risk, which means the risk of that inherent market. And obviously, Australian shares, it says there, the volatility is 16.5. So that's risk. But you have market risk by taking uh, on a market. So if you buy any share in in, in the Australian market, you'd start taking on market risk. The more shares you have in the Australian market, the more you expose yourself to market risk. And I talk about this in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. The second type of risk is is specific risk, meaning the risk of a specific asset class, or sorry, asset that you buy. So for example, BHP, if you bought all your money in BHP, you've got 100% risk into BHP, but as soon as you buy a second share, you halve your risk. Uh, if you've got five shares, your risk is now 20% in each share. And the more shares you go, the more that lowers. But there's a there's a tipping point of where more shares, <clears throat> all that means is more market risk, or you're exposing yourself to the majority of market risk, and your specific risk is minimal, and more shares doesn't mean too much less risk. So there's a nice little balance there that too many shares is too diversified, and not enough shares is higher volatility. But the interesting thing that a lot of these sorts of things don't take into account is I've never met anybody that ever worried about a share going up in value. It's only going down. So to me is why volatility, I need volatility in shares because without that, they're not going to rise and make money. And that's what you want. If there's no volatility, you get less risk, but then you get less return. And people like the share market because they're getting less return. And when we hear the industry or from the industry talking about risk, they tend to give us a lot of information on the what is rather than the how to, which isn't necessarily what you as an investor or trader actually really need. And the average investor is not really interested in hearing about standard deviation. I mean, some people don't even really understand what a standard deviation is, and it's really not that important. They simply just want to invest with minimal risk and make some money. That's it. It is as simple as that. And they want to be shown how to make the money, not just be told how hard it is or what they've got to watch and they've got to read all this information and often there's this information overload and 
paralysis by analysis and confusion and, and it really it's not that it's not that complex and you know and i believe it's actually not volatility itself that it's an investor's biggest concern it's actually uncertainty when the market turns down and your money's at risk and again that's what i'm saying is that nobody worries about shares going up they only worry about them going down so protect the downside and forget about the upside because it'll just happen now, the financial industry tend to give investors only one option, which is to ride out the ups and downs, the GFCs, the crashes, the whole range of things. And over the long term, they tell you to diversify investments, which is really fine when the market's going up, but it doesn't really give investors the confidence they need when the investments are falling in value. And I was only sitting out on the weekend, I was chatting to some friends, and I said, it's not about what whether the market goes up or down on any one day, it's what's your plan? If you fail the plan, you plan to fail. And to me, it doesn't matter where the market goes up or down on any one day. What's the strategy you've got? Do you have a plan before something happens or do you panic when it's happening because you don't have a plan? And that's the biggest key to being successful investing or trading is have a plan and work it out before something happens so you can make logical decisions. So that's why we talk so much about stop losses and protecting that downside risk because uncertainty gets makes that word fear grow and it, it really impacts on your psychology and your emotions and makes people uh, create or gives them um, makes them obviously make panic decisions and make poor investment decisions. Um, you know, as I said, you know, the, the, the financial industry only really give you one option is ride it all out rather than sort of time the market or get in and out. And I believe more Australians would invest with greater confidence if they could really see how simple the process of managing their risk can be. For example, if all you did was invest directly in the top 10 shares and do nothing over the medium to long term, let's say 10 years, you're likely to get a reasonable return. You're probably going to get 10, 15% per annum. Um, and that's statistically correct. So that's not too bad, is it? However, in choosing a bit more to be a bit more active and understanding your risk a bit and addressing your portfolio management and balancing out your portfolio correctly, and just by setting some simple rules for investments, you're likely to get a better return and you'll become more confident about being invested in the share market. Because if you've got a plan for what happens if the market falls or the stock falls and you enact that plan, then there's nothing to worry about. You get to sleep at night and you get a reasonable return. And people that followed this or followed the rules in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, pretty much ignored the GFC because it wasn't a big concern with them. And how would that make you feel? If you were one caught in the GFC, if you had that plan prior to it and stuck to it, and you managed to miss that altogether, or pretty much most of it altogether, and you'd be feeling much better right now, and your investments would be performing much better than what they were. So as well as buying the top 10 shares, you'd set a stop loss on each share the time you buy to manage your risk. All that downside risk, always, always, always use stop losses, part of your strategy. So it doesn't matter if the share goes down, you have an exit, go. Um, so I suggest investors set a stop loss on no more than 15% of their buy price if the market or your stock turns down. And you also know the, what you're risking in dollar terms, and that's really nice. If it scares you to lose that kind of money, then don't put that much in that share or... Yeah, that's as pretty simple as that. And it allows you to sleep better at night, and we call that the sleep factor here And because you don't have to do anything with your shares unless the price falls through your stop loss. If they keep going up, done deal. Uh, and in my book, I talk about you can even do a trailing one where you have it 15% below the last high um, and keep trailing it up, and, and that's a perfect little way to invest. So if you haven't read my book, please do so. Um, it really, I suppose, as Molly Meldrum says, do yourself a favour. Get into my book and have a really good... Oh, sorry, I knocked something there. Have a good look at it and, and learn how to do it properly. But as I said, a lot of these um, 
um, investment newsletters or investment publications coming out from all the institutions, they're designed to get you to use them. And, and really, to me, it's about taking control of yourself. Taking control of yourself means getting educated and understanding what you need to do and having a strategy for yourself. Uh, I'll leave it all with that. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck, good trading, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with the transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.